Welcome to the Concerto podcast series. Hello, I'm Justin King from Concerto Partners. Today we are joined by Stephen Foote, who's one of the founding partners of Concerto Partners in London, and we'll be discussing the vegetarian rat. Welcome, Stephen. Good morning, Justin. And just before we kick off uh, about the detail about the vegetarian rat, uh, I thought it might be just useful for you just to run through a quick potted history about yourself uh, for the audience. So uh, over to you, Stephen. Yeah, well, thank you, Justin. Um, so I was, as Justin said, I, f- I was one of the founder partners of, of Concerto, and we set the business up about 17 years ago. And for me, that was after um, a career in, um, in, in KPMG and PwC. Throughout my consulting career, what I've what I've focused on has been um, delivering major change projects and um, major program de- delivery. Um, and so, by way of an example, one of the projects that I was responsible for um, taking from beginning to end was the um, establishment of the UK Supreme Court in um, in, in this country. Um, my specialism has been always then using uh, major capital assets and changes in capital assets to um, to leverage change in terms of the way that organizations work. And um, by way of example of that, um, we pioneered the use of um, and the concept of flexible working throughout um, central government in the UK, which we then exported um, to other organizations across the globe as well. Thank you for that, Stephen. I think that really sets the scene really well. So let's just um, dive straight in. Um, what's your um, what's your view then of the COVID nineteen situation right now? Well, I mean, it goes without saying that this is a um, a, a global pandemic, and it's um, it's it's been probably the most significant the most significant shock that the world has 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 ever seen. Um, we think it's going to be with us um, for a, a long, long time, uh, regardless of how quickly a vaccine is, is, is found um, for this. Um, and the after effects um, will, be, will be there for, 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 for a good while to come. Um, but there are a couple of other points that I guess I'd want to want to pick up in, in there is one of the adages that's, um, that's going around the, the crisis management world is, is that um, if you can make a decision um, that's 80 percent right today on 20 percent of the information that you would normally make, then you're doing jolly well. And what that's saying is that probably one in four of your decisions that you're making now at crisis speed will be wrong, but it's better to do that than not to, not to make the decision at all. As a consequence of that, many organizations have actually started to move at far, far greater speed than they ever thought was possible two or three months ago. And you're seeing some, some very large organizations being extremely agile. And I suppose that um, then builds on the historical perspective as, as, as well, that um, for the last hundred years, every major crisis that has, has hit the world has resulted in, in some long-term sustainable benefit. Um, the First World War resulted in the emancipation of women, um, women getting the vote, women having equal positions, albeit not at that time pay, but in the, in the workplace. 
The um, Great Depression of, of 1929 led to the New Deal and the emergence of, um, of the United States of America as being a, a global superpower. The Second World War itself um, resulted in, um, in, in the United Kingdom, the birth of the National Health Service, the welfare state, and the introduction of, of computing. And more recently, um, the SARS outbreak in China 17 years ago led to the Chinese then adopting um, the concepts of, of, of e-commerce and everything that, um, that, that has gone with that ever since. So there are real opportunities for some deep-seated, long-lasting change coming out of this crisis. Okay, so, so it's all about looking ahead. Um, and but where are we at the moment uh, on that journey uh, with regards to the COVID-19 crisis, Stephen? Right, so you're absolutely right. It is all about looking ahead. And the, the four stages of, of crisis management are then anticipate, respond, recover, reform. Um, anticipate is the stage that we have been through. That's all about planning. It's about scenarios. It's about making sure that your business continuity plans work, that your command structures in crisis management work, and so on and so forth. And um, it's, it's a sad story to tell, but most organizations have been found deeply wanting in that scenario planning capability, that change management capability. They simply hadn't done it. And many of the um, business continuity plans, the disaster recovery plans that we've seen just were not up for the job of the crisis that actually, that actually hit. That meant that in the absence of that real anticipation, the, the respond was much, much more difficult to be able to, to, to cope with as people then contained it. But they did. Um, and the growth of, of the overnight growth of home working is, is testament to how quickly many organizations adjusted to a new short term norm. And we're in the middle of that stage at, at the moment. Um, as we recover, and it's that's about planning the way out and looking ahead, um, how do we actually then make sure that the, the new norm that we've got is stable for the next um, 12 to 18 months before we actually go into the reform of looking to then transform our businesses on a long-term basis and to take advantages of the changes in, in the markets that we're operating in. Okay, so... So as we go through those four stages, anticipate, respond, recover, reform, um, how does one actually prioritise um, those uh, four stages as we go through this crisis? Yeah, well, it's probably worth um, going through all four of them in, in spite of the fact that we've actually now been through the anticipate phase. And as I said, um, we probably not done as, as, as well as we might like to have done. But there's a major thing then about learning lessons from this, from this stage. So that if there is another spike um, of, of the virus or some consequential impact that hits us, we can actually go back to crisis management mode um, and actually at that point really make sure that we do have an effective crisis management um, structure in, in place. Um, and a specific example of that might be 
because everybody's now working um, remotely or many people are working remotely, we should be we should be modeling um, major IT infrastructure failures. And what would we do if our if our networks crashed for, for, for sake of argument? We need to understand that because that might be a consequential impact of, 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 of the crisis itself. In the um, in the respond stage, where we are now, and we've we've done much of much of this, but there are still organisations that are, that have yet to look at, at some of these aspects. We should be really prioritising the those aspects of our business that we must take forward and we must develop. That is about um, assessing the projects that we're doing right now, stopping some accelerating others and maybe in initiating some some third ones we should be adjusting our our protocols about how we encourage people to work from home and we should um, be making sure that um, we're we're providing an effective and and, and and manageable health and safety regime for our people and the the way we manage people needs to transform to actually then accept the fact that we possibly are not seeing our staff from one day to to another. It's how well we treat our staff through this process that will then determine their loyalty on a long-term basis towards us. And we've seen some very good examples of of that where um, organizations are are reaching out as as much as they possibly can to um, increase enhance that sense of belonging. And equally, we've seen some others where perhaps some um, organisations are rather taking advantage of some of the, um, the government's furlough schemes, for sake of argument. As we move into the, um, into the, into the recovery phase, we need to continue to, to review our overall performance management. Um, we need to, um, in particular, look at our HR working practices and working protocols. Um, we need to emphasize more the sense of belonging and the bonding of the individual back to our corporate goals. And we should be having a jolly good look at our, at our cost models. Um, we're finding that um, that one of the major items of, of expenditure most organisations have got has been around um, property, and one of the biggest liabilities they've got on their balance sheet of property, most of which has stood empty for at least two months now. How much of that do you actually need on a long-term basis? And we should be encouraging all of these organisations to have another look at their overall estate strategy in the light of their, of their organisation strategy. If we look forward into the reform stage, then, and we're really then looking at the at a new paradigm or a potentially new paradigm for, um, for, for organizations. And there's multiple dimensions to that. There's, there's um, what our staff are actually looking for in terms of potentially their work-life balance. And it may well be that the, the brightest and the best will be coming to us and saying, actually, I want to work for you for four days a week. I want to do two days in the office. I want to do two days at home. And my fifth day, I want to, um, I want to assign to local communities and charity work and stuff like that. And it may well be that actually, if we want to attract and retain those people, that's exactly what we're going to have to, what we're going to have to adjust and, and offer. There are unquestionably going to be um, 
questions asked when the dust settles about community value of, 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 the, of the body corporate, as well as the, um, the, the impact that people are, uh, and the organizations are having on, on the climate. So one could easily see that perhaps a, um, a simple performance metric for organizations, which has historically been about profit and, um, and, and cash flow, may well get rather more sophisticated and we may be starting to demand of our corporations how much benefit they deliver to the communities that they serve and how much do they, for sake of argument, how much do they impact on the environment. That's coming up on us quite quickly and we as corporates should be thinking about how we are going to to reform our businesses to be able to be ahead of, of that curve. There's also undoubtedly challenges in terms of our, of our business strategy, whether that's reviewing the resilience of the business, the resilience of the supply chain. And that might mean, might mean, um, uh, shortening some of the supply chains as well. So we've got better control of it. And no doubt as we go through, um, our clients will start, our clients and customers will be looking for rather different services to the ones that we've been offer, able to offer hitherto and what other new upstarts are being offered. So it's a real opportunity for us now to go back to our overall, overall strategy in this new environment and, and challenge ourselves really hard about what is the new going to do and to make sure that we actually retain some of the some of the good things that have come out of this of this crisis hitherto. Okay, so that that's the main priorities then as you go through those four stages. But what um, what are the big three areas that businesses should now be focusing on uh, to take them through this uh, crisis and get out the other side? I think there's three things. Then there's there's about ways of working. Um, there's um, a, a subject area which we've described as, as back to the office and the third one which is um, understanding the new paradigm um, and if I deal with each one of those in, in turn the, um, the ways of working we have overnight transformed um, the, way, the, way, the way that our businesses operate and, and run and we need to then to stabilize those and, and make sure that those will support us on a longer term basis. We need to ensure that our, our technology is always looking forward. Um, and it's amazing how quickly so many people have adopted and adapted to new ways of, of, of working and video conferencing um, and, and so on and so forth. But we need to make that as part of, of the norm and, and the encouragement for people to continue to explore how these services can, can most benefit them. We've talked a little bit about the people offering, but we need to make sure that um, we are encouraging our people to operate as effectively and efficiently as, 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 as they can, but making sure that that is something that actually works for them as, as well. And one of the parts of that is actually about how we manage our people and manage their performance. Collaboration is, is an interesting um, area because I think we've all also found that actually it's much easier to collaborate using devices like Teams than we ever thought was possible. 
we'd always thought that we needed to have workshops and, and, and physical workshops and so on and so forth. But at the same time, we need to know um, when we do need to have um, actual some sort of physical presence and when a conversation about, um, I was going to say last night's football, but there wasn't any football on last night, but how we're going to be able to, um, how we're going to be able to, to socialise at the same time as, um, as, as genuine collaboration. And the, the final bit of that particular jigsaw is then um, what do we need by way of, of estates? Because it sure as hell is not the high occupancy um, desk sharing environment where potentially four or five people are using the same desk during the course of the, of the same day, but um, high performing estates have moved to um, at, at the moment. The second area is then about getting people back to the office, getting back to the, to the workplace. And there's a there's a very significant issue with um, about dealing with our people and dealing with with the fear that they potentially have, either through the use of public transport or whether other form of transport gets them to the office, but also about um, fear of what might happen in in the office. We've seen the designers coming up with um, routes around office buildings, um, limiting access into into lifts and so on and so forth. But we also make, need to make sure that many of our that our buildings and particularly many of the older ones are actually safe to be to be used again. So um, has, has anybody actually tested the water in the um, the drinking water in the systems to make sure that actually we're not going to create a second spike of um, Legionnaires disease. Um, but in doing all of this and moving people back into that office, we must make sure that we don't lose all the goodness that has been generated over the course of, um, of, of, of the last couple of months. And we need to leverage the changes we've achieved so far to Build those into our long-term, um, long, long, long-term way of working, and we think it's really important that this um, back to the office is is managed as a move project in much the same way that you would do if you were moving into a new building for the first time. Lastly, the new the new paradigm. Um, well, the first question is: What are the market opportunities that are available to you? Um, and that may well be um, both from the perspective of customers asking for new services, or it may well be the um, the competitors and startup competitors who've perhaps come up this with over the course of the last couple of months without some of the corporate overhead that many of our organisations are seeing. We've talked a little bit about the um, the staff expectation. But what is the offer for the, um, for, the, for the millennials and the next generation coming through the workspace that is going to really attract and um, attract, retain and motivate those really good, those really good people? The regulatory framework, um, if there is going to be change to that regulatory framework, um, what, where do we want to be on that curve? Do we want to be leading it or do we want to be lagging it? And there's some, there's some key decisions um, that organizations can make about where they get to on that. And lastly, um, where there is a workspace, whether that is a, an, an, an office building 
or it is a series of, of, of local hubs, or it's people actually genuinely continually to work at home. What is the workspace and, and what's the technology that we will deploy to be able to support people through that? Oh, that's brilliant, Stephen. Thank you very much for that. It's really interesting. But uh, just to take us back to the title of this. So um, give me your thoughts on why you've titled this The uh, Vegetarian Rat. <laughs> yeah, well, we happen to be in the, in the Galapagos um, this time last year. Um, on, a, on, a, on a sailing trip down there. And that's um, clearly where um, Darwin got his, all his ideas from for the, for the origin of species and, um, and, and the development of the species and, and, and the survival of the fittest. And one of the things that we, we came across at that time was the, um, the vegetarian rat. And that was the rat that actually then became a vegetarian because there was nothing left for it to eat. And um, that's what really gave us the, 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 the thought for this series of this was an opportunity for Darwinism in, in the business concept. That's brilliant. Uh, Stephen, thank you very much indeed for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about the vegetarian rat, and I really look forward to future podcasts with you. That's a pleasure. Thank you, Justin. So that's um, Stephen Foote, who's the founding partner of Concerto Partners in London. And you've been, he's been talking to me, Justin King, on the Concerto Partners uh, podcast series. Please do uh, stay tuned and look out for uh, future podcasts, uh, which we will be putting out through the social media network uh, in the near future. Thank you very much and goodbye. Goodbye.